So when it when it comes to connecting, one thing that I think is is vital and has given me a lot of success is that obsession for learning. Um, because, you know, they say a jack of all trades is a master of none. But did you know a master of one is often better than a master of none? Right. So what what what, what that really means to me is peripheral information is super, super important. It doesn't matter if I could tell you every fact and statistic about SMS marketing that exists if I don't know how to relate it or communicate it to you. Like, if I don't understand how a restaurant works, I'm not going to be able to communicate how I can help a restaurant. In the same way with connecting people, when I'm meeting a credit card processor, I have to understand where are you working? Do you have a focus? And then from there, I can say, okay, who, who are good connections that work in the same space? Who's talking to the same audience? And then from that peripheral knowledge, I'm then able to say, oh, you might have good connections with a business broker or with someone who's doing benefits or someone who's setting up e-commerce shops or, or, or whatever, right? And so understanding that is super, super important. And then just being willing to say, hey, I know somebody in that area. Would you want to talk to them? Because sure. you might be able to connect with them. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Okay, cool. I'll make the connection. And then you just send an email. I even made an entire app to do just that for me. <laughs> cool. Garrett, my friend, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being on Burn the Ship. This is the podcast where we talk about business with entrepreneurs, uh, learn as much as we can from them. So appreciate you being here. My pleasure, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Cool. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us what your business is. Tell us what you're looking for. Sure. So my name is Garrett Halsell. I run a, a business called Advanced Fox Direct. Uh, so we're an SMS marketing agency. And basically what that means is we utilize text messages to help people and businesses connect with their audience directly and immediately. Now, there's a bunch of ways that you can utilize SMS for your business to help it grow. Obviously, like a, a law firm is going to use it differently than a restaurant would, right? So it really depends on the industry, how specifically we help. But usually it boils down to customer engagement, growing the business, getting more ROI, things like that in some really tangible ways. But one thing that is even more vital now than ever before is to own your own real estate in the sense that you own your own marketing communication channels, Right. I, I, I've had clients that have been kicked off of Facebook and Instagram and YouTube for false DMCA strikes or, or for false like takedowns. Right. And that can kind of shut their business down immediately as if you're not able to get in contact with your customers. And that's why SMS is such a uh, important thing that, that businesses and influencers and everyone needs to be looking at or, or taking advantage of in order to ensure that they're able to keep going with their business just in case something bad happens, but even more importantly, so that they can grow closer with their community and their audience. Sure. Uh, so that's the primary business. Um, we do text message marketing as well as virtual phone systems. Those things kind of go hand in hand with one another. Um, I run a couple of other businesses, but uh, the primary one is the SMS marketing. Sure. So. Sure. So tell me what, I know you kind of said that there are more industries that are good targets for SMS marketing in mm -hmm. general. What sure. is that one good introduction you're looking for? Like, what is a really good introduction for, for you? Me? Paint, paint that picture of like, hey, someone referred me this business. This business was really good. We signed them up. We made some money. They were really, really happy. Tell me one of those kind of the, the whole process of sure. one of those success stories. 
Sure, absolutely. So um, my favorite industry is restaurants. That's where I have the most success, most experience. I have that's a little bit of my background. I used to be in the restaurant industry when I was younger. Um, and so it's really close to my heart because I feel like delivery apps nowadays are, are strangling restaurants. They simulate cash flow, but in reality, they are they're actually taking a lot more from restaurants than they're giving to restaurants. And so I've felt a, a really strong conviction to be able to help them become independent from delivery apps, whether that's DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, doesn't really matter. The, the point is the same. And, you know, there's there's a ton of success stories that, that I could reference. Um, like just in general, I've, I've done a couple of case studies. SMS marketing helped uh, Papa John's increase their sales by 33%. It helped uh, Dunkin' Donuts increase their in-store traffic by 21%. Um, one that's really close to me um, that I really enjoy is there's this bakery in New Jersey <clears throat> and they started using SMS marketing. And um, essentially what happened is, is they had too many people coming in when they started using SMS marketing because it was so successful. It was more business than they could really take on because they would send out these promotions and these coupons to people and, and the adoption rate on those are crazy. And so what would happen is it'd be busier than, than big events. It'd be, it'd be crazier than they could handle uh, whenever they sent those out. So they decided to break it up where now each day of the week, there's a different uh, list that they send a message to. And that is responsible for the majority of their revenue. And so um, they do it differently than a lot of restaurants or bakeries would do it. They send out their texts really early because the people that they're um, marketing to are, are walking past on the way to work or something like that. But it, it's able to keep them consistently filled and, and with solid numbers on their revenue. So that at this point, if they stopped using SMS marketing, their business would probably die after about three or four months. Wow. So it's, that's a huge success story where they, they've been able to become independent from any kind of delivery app or any kind of outside third-party system, and they're actually able to be self-sufficient. So what about one of these like thin margin, late night, go-to-dinner type restaurants? I'm, I'm assuming that's more what you're looking for is those local mom-and-pop-owned, really successful restaurants that are looking to kind of capitalize on a different market. What would be a way that you kind of walk them through the process? How, how does that work for you guys? Well, first of all, we have to analyze um, what they're currently doing, if they've got the right pieces in place to, to actually be successful. Um, if they don't have like a loyalty program or something already established, we help them do that. Um, but then it, it also comes down to understanding their audience, right? For instance, that bakery, a lot of their, their uh, customers come in the mornings instead of the afternoon or something. So you have to take into account that timing. Um, but once you understand your audience, then you can really segment and message them um, based off of that segmentation, whether it's the time of day, whether it's the, the male or female, whether it's an age group or whether it's a, a food preference. Right. And when you're able to do that, you can send them targeted messages, the customers, that is. And what that does is not only does it show that the business is paying attention to what these people like and don't like, but it's also giving them opportunities to get more of what they like at cheaper rates. And so what that really does is it increases the, the customer lifetime value, because when you have someone coming in more consistently, they're going to be worth more as a customer. Sure. So instead of having a hundred people come in once a month, if you have five, 50 people coming in three times a month, that's still worth more. Right. 
And that's really what we try to facilitate. And SMS is, is one of the best channels at doing that. Um, we ran a test with this boutique retailer and um, they had a list of about 250 phone numbers and like a thousand emails. So we sent out pretty much the same message on SMS and email. It was the same coupon. And that same day they had uh, 50 people come to redeem the SMS coupon and they had one person to come redeem the email coupon, even though they're the same coupon. And then throughout the rest of that week, they had an additional 50 people come from SMS and they had an additional two people come from email. So you're looking at 100 versus three coupon redemptions for one week. That's huge for a retailer to be able to bring that many people in on demand with just a coupon. And with a lot of those situations, people will buy more than just what the coupon is for. So it further increases that lifetime value. Sure. What's the cost like associated with, but because I'm just not, the, the space is so, so different. I'm, I'm unfamiliar mm-hmm. with the cost. What is so, someone like me, like we do a virtual networking event. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to, as you know, take my database of people that sign up for the event that have came you know, came before giving us their information, giving us their email, giving us their mm-hmm. phone number. And we're sending those people a text like, Hey, our event's coming up, or maybe it's to the people that registered. Hey, our event is today. Looking forward to still yep. having you. What is, you know, and obviously there's different skills, you know, how, how do you factor in the, the cost to, to your business? Well, it, it really depends on how many people you're texting, right? So I, I work in two ways, right? It's, it's kind of a twofold offering. Either we provide the, the system and then you're able to do with it as you please. I'll give you a little bit of a guide. Um, I'll kind of train you up on what you can and can't do, how to do it, things like that. Um, that starts at 39 bucks a month, and then it goes up to about 430 a month, depending on how many messages you're sending. Um, so the, the, the area that we paywall is in blast text messages. So if I send 100 people the same message, that's going to be 100 text credits. But as soon as any of them reply, it immediately goes into one-on-one and there's unlimited texting when it's one-on-one, right? So then it really comes down to how many people are we texting? How, how often are we doing that? And that's going to give you a framework for how much it's going to cost. Most of my clients are on $89 or $139 plans, which means they have 1000 or 2000 because they have maybe 500 people on their list and they're only sending that twice or four times a month. Um, because the Goldilocks zone, by the way, is is two to five texts per month. Mm. Otherwise, you might annoy people. And so if you have 500 people that you're going to text four times a month, that's 2,000. Works out pretty easily. The second way that we work is in managed SMS services. That's for people that don't really have the time or energy to learn how to do it. On top of the fact that the reason I started it is because I noticed that I was able to get better results than uh, the clients that were just doing it on their own because they don't eat, breathe, and sleep this like I do. Right. So that's you're talking about the difference between 300 percent ROI and eight to to a thousand percent ROI. Right. So um, that's that's more expensive. And usually it's going to be the most expensive the first month. And then we'll have a smaller fee every month after that. And that's just for setting things up, getting the plan in, in place and then executing on it and then just managing it from there. So that's usually for people that just want to. Uh, either answer the phone and texts and not have to really build the system or worry about it. Sure. Um, and then we also have VAs. If somebody doesn't even want to answer texts or phone calls, then we only send them the things that are relevant to them and manage everything else from there in terms of their phone sure. system and, and their texting. So those are the two ways that it works. So and, how, and that's how take me back a little bit. Where did you, what, what was your initial kind of 
entryway into business and how did you develop this this network of restaurants oh man that goes back a while i mean <laughs> I, so i'm i'm good at chemistry that's what i study that's what i graduated in um but ever since i was like 13 chemistry's kind of been my thing so i started doing sales when i was 13 i would make these little crystals out of borax um, on pipe cleaners and they would look really pretty and I'd go knocking on the doors in my neighborhood and I'd sell them and then I did the same thing with silly bands and stuff like that um, silly then, bands oh my gosh yeah you just unlocked a childhood memory for me that I forgot I had I know right silly I, would, bands. I would buy a bunch of them and then I'd 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 find ones that weren't super common and then I'd I'd charge more for those and the mm-hmm. ones that were common I charged less for and so it, it was fun I was like 13 or 14 when I was doing that and so it was a nice way to make a little bit of extra side money while entertaining myself right um, and so I did that and then I did sales uh, for a company called Vector Marketing I was selling Cutco um, I ran one of those offices for a while until uh, my GM kind of drove it into the ground but um, <laughs> when I graduated college when I was 17 I went into aerospace engineering as a chemical engineer, <clears throat> and I did that for a couple of years, and that was really where I tapered off from business. Um, but then this was in Texas, which is where I'm from. And so after a couple of years, I decided I, I need to get a change of environment. I need to move because I was in the middle of a bunch of uh, personal issues, a really bad breakup, some conflict at work, uh, someone tried to kill me. Um, some broken relationships, some drug addiction, like all these things that just really weren't great for me. Uh, it was, it was just kind of this come to Jesus moment where it was like, I need, I need a fresh start. So I moved to New York to live with my little brother. He's, he was going to college here. Um, and he graduates next year, which I'm super excited for. He's doing a tri major. He's, he's a genius. He's a year younger than me. And, um, when I got here, the friend of one of my father, the father of one of my friends asked me to help him found Vox Direct, which is, um, the company that I actually started with and the the platform that I leveraged the most, they're that unified communication system. Advanced Fox Direct is really just a step further where I do the managed services, but we still leverage that, that platform primarily. Mm-hmm. That's what really got me into business and entrepreneurship. And when I got here, I, I knew that I didn't have a network and I needed to build one. So I was like, what can I do? I'm going to go to networking events. So I networked like a madman. I was going to at least one event almost every day, sometimes two. And I was just getting really good at that. And then I created this list of um, events and organizers that were good and bad. So I had this little whitelist and blacklist. And then I was like, shoot, I could make some money doing this. So I, whenever I met a good connection, I was like, hey, so um, you seem like a really cool connection. Uh, something, someone I want in my network that I think is really beneficial for events and stuff. Um, I'd love to to be able to send you invites to other events because um, I know that there's a lot of bad ones. So I've created this curated list. So for 10 bucks a month, which is less than Starbucks, and most of these are, are free events that are really high quality. Is that something you'd be interested in? They're like, yeah, absolutely. So I built this list up to about 120 people. And then I would approach the organizers and say, hey, I brought 100 people today and I can prove it. I'd love to keep promoting your event if you're willing to pay me for it. They're like, sure, absolutely. So (laughs) for like 30 minutes of work on the first two or three days of the month, I would make uh, around two grand, which is awesome, right? And then from there, I started hosting my own events because as I was looking and learning from these events, I, I was like, 
well, this music's too loud. How how loud can it be before it's uh, before it's an annoyance or before it's distracting? What kind of food is good to have there? What kind of music is good just to more, have there? Just more math. Like, yeah, how yeah. can we make this event as as good as possible? And so I started hosting these events. I got really good at negotiating places. It's like. Um, I'm not going to pay you a thousand dollars to reserve the space because with the number of people that I'm bringing, I can guarantee you're going to get twice, if not three times that from the cash bar that's upstairs. So, um, if you don't want to have 150 or 200 patrons here in the next week or two, uh, then I'll just go to it somewhere next door that (laughs) will let me do it, you know? And I mean that they don't really have a choice at that point. And so it was good for everyone involved and, you know, about two months into to hosting these events, I had someone approach me. She's like, I'm from Portland. I absolutely love this. I want to have events like this in Portland. Would you teach me? It's like, absolutely. I would love to. So created this brand uh, called No Networks. I created these frameworks of how to produce a good events. Here's the collateral you need. And so um, within three months after, like I would basically approach these people in other places and just be like, if you can prove to me that you can host a good event, I'll show you and train you. And then once you've shown, demonstrated the, the ability to host an event well, then you can start using our logo or our collateral or stuff like that. So within five months, I was already, in, I was already national with Portland, California, Texas, Florida, and, and New York. I was working on, on Chicago. And then COVID came and the way that we were running it and the things that we were doing just really wasn't primed for virtual events. And so I I had to pull an old yeller on it. But now that COVID's kind of coming down, we're starting to see in-person events come back. I'm going to start it back up and then we'll we'll just go from there. But that's a little story about like what I've done, my success in doing that, starting an additional business with what I was doing before. And then just how I was able to utilize SMS marketing in a way to generate a business out of nothing. Sure. Right. So hopefully that was helpful. No. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Tell me, um, how did you get the connections to the restaurants? Okay. So in in the restaurant industry here. um, So part of it was just reaching out directly, uh, a lot of word of mouth referrals. Um, that's really how it started. And then it kind of evolved. Um, so I, I, I'm able to source leads really efficiently. Um, personally, I, I don't like cold calling and I, I try not to shy away from it, but for the restaurant industry specifically, sales calls are something that annoy the heck out of them, like Mm -hmm. beyond annoying. And so one of the things that I can do is help mitigate those where you're not, where restaurants don't get sales calls. I can stop those spam calls. I can stop those, those sales calls. And I, I don't feel comfortable calling restaurants because I feel it's a little hypocritical where it's like, sure. But I thought of a great line. I was like, what if I told you this could be the last sales call you ever get? Like, that's a great line that people love, but I, I, it just feels a little hypocritical. So I, I don't do that. Instead, what I do is, um, emails with videos in them. People love that. Um, I also will direct message them on LinkedIn or Instagram that works. And then something I picked up a couple of weeks ago, um, was I, I wanted to teach myself this lesson in humility because, um, pride is something that young guys struggle with a lot. Me in particular, I struggled with it for a long time. And I read this book called ego is the enemy it completely shifted my worldview. I, I absolutely love it. And I'm reading the other books in the series, but 
I, I realized I needed to teach myself this lesson in humility. You know, Jesus was able to wash the feet of the disciples. I, I can at least deliver some people's food because for a long time, I felt like I'm above doing DoorDash. I'm above delivering food, but that's not the case. Like I just said, Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. I can deliver some people's food. Like it's not that big of a deal and it's a good lesson for me. And so when I was, when I started doing it, I was like, why didn't I think of this before? I'm taught, I like, I'm getting right in front of my target market. Even though this is meant to be a lesson of humility, this is a great way for me to do lead gen. So now when I'm talking, when I'm going to pick up this food for DoorDash and don't get me wrong, I don't like it at all. I do not like doing (laughs) DoorDash. Like it's flexible, cool. I don't like to pay and I don't like parking because New York City parking is horrible. So doing delivery efficiently without a bike is a little bit difficult. But the point is, is like now I can walk into these restaurants and say, hey, what have you guys been doing about COVID, this, that, the other? How have you been getting customers engaged? It's like, hey, I, I, I have a feeling that you don't like DoorDash just like I don't. And despite that fact, even though I hate it so much, my mission is more important than doing something I don't like. That's why I'm here is because it's so important for me to talk to you and get in front of you that I'm doing DoorDash, which I hate, in order to be able to talk to you so that we can both get better together because I know that DoorDash is strangling you and I have some tools that can help with that. Is that something you want to talk about? Absolutely. They hate DoorDash, bro. They hate delivery apps because it, it is killing them. And the savvy, the savvy business owners realize that and they see it and they want to figure out a way to, to get away from these delivery apps, but they don't know how. And so when I come in and I'm saying, look, this is scrappy, this is this is unconventional. It's not scalable, but this is so important that I have to do this. It speaks volumes to them. So that's another way that I've been doing. And then restaurant owners know res- restaurant owners. When you have when you get really great results for someone, they're going to tell other restaurant owners about it. Right. And that's that's something that speaks for itself. And it it gets spread like wildfire. Right. Right. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Tell me. Um... Along with that, so you're developing this network of restaurants, you're developing this network of entrepreneurs. What is, you know, and it seems to me that there's kind of this recurring motif of, you know, kind of repurposing the time and connections that you have. What is in the future for you guys? Do you see some collaboration between this, you know, networking event? Um, Rolodex that you created and vetted for and some of the stuff that you're doing with SMS marketing and some connection between what you're doing with that with um, this restaurant industry connections that you have. What, what does that look like? And you just mentioned it's that a, it's not scalable. So <laughs> Yeah, well, that part of it's not scalable, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. There are definitely parts that are scalable. Um, you know, that's a, that's a really good question, and, and I'll answer it in a kind of roundabout way. So my life has kind of centered around communication. I did speech and debate for 10 years. Um, I'm a good public speaker. I love doing it. I still teach debate. Um, I run a public speaking company. I've helped a TV show host secure his position as TV show host uh, in with, with public speaking assistance. And so um, – I think SMS marketing is just another extension of communication because I think at, at, at the most granular level you can examine, every issue in existence boils down to a communication issue. It's either a lack of communication or a miscommunication, right? 
And so in that way, I'm able to relate everything that I'm doing to communication, whether it's um, training people how to communicate, showing them or giving them tools how to communicate, giving them a stage by which they can practice that communication. And so really what that boils down to is because my life centers around communication and my heart is to help people. And that's what I, that's what gives me joy and gives me fulfillment and purpose. Then using that as a framework to see how can I take action on that in a really, really tangible and direct way. Restaurants is just something that really fits with me and my personality as well as my skill set. Like this might sound this uh, this may not sound the best but i like getting free food and restaurants <laughs> like when you help a restaurant out a lot they they'll give you free food oh yeah um and, and i'm a foodie like <laughs> don't don't even let's not even start talking about barbecue because i'm very biased against new york mm. uh like ain't nothing like southern barbecue and i haven't had anything good here yeah. um but they have, the, they have other food that's really good so so don't like the pros and cons of everything right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but it, it, it's just something that's close to my heart, something that I'm good at, that f- gives me joy and that I'm really good at, right? And then just being able to niche down and to say my primary audience is restaurants just allows me to be that much more focused sure. so that when it does come time to scale and to get bigger and to um, open up which industries I work with, I'm not going to be able to do that alone. Sure. So I'm going to have people on my team that are strictly focused on one industry. I'm going to have somebody come in and I'm going to say, you're only focusing on real estate. But if you find someone who needs SMS and they're in a different industry, you can send that to me or you can send that to one of um, these other guys in our business that are focusing on that thing, that industry. And so then we're, then I'm going to kind of create this company that has industry experts for SMS marketing in those specific verticals. And I think that's going to give us a really good base by which to either have multiple agencies that all work together, or maybe it's just one big company that offers out to multiple industries. But the, 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 the most important part of that is it's personal and it's relational because a lot of the people that utilize my services, especially the managed services where I'm a lot more involved, they do it because they like me and they know me right. and they know my heart right. and they know my expertise. And that's what I want to impart on the people that I begin bringing into my business when they begin offering to other people. It's like, it's, it's about relationship. Your, your part to play is relationship, but then you also can help in this specific area. Don't let that define you, but let it guide you. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. So what, I mean, and I say this in the most complimentary way for sure, but it seems that you're, you're pretty new in, to not necessarily the entrepreneurial journey, but as to defining what what it is that you're capable of because you have this broad method of communication that you, you've mastered. What are some areas that you hope to grow in? You know, are, are there any areas mm-hmm. where you're like, I understand, because I think a lot like you, you know, and, and I'm very math, math, I'm always doing math. And people in my life are like, that doesn't even have anything to do with math. And I'm like, oh, yes, it does. Yeah, everything <laughs> it's, is it's just the way I relate everything. A hundred percent. I do the same thing all the time. Tristan can vouch for me. Everything is just a little bit of math. It's all yep. just a little bit. So what are some of those areas where you look to improve? You know, what are, what are some challenges that you had as an entrepreneur where you take the math and, and what are the, some of the things that you had to learn? I know that you talked about, 
you know, learning to develop this network and finding out what those connections were that are going to be valuable to you. But seeing as you haven't really married yourself to one identity or one idea or one product or one form of revenue, mm-hmm. what is that brand? You know, what do you guys, what do you guys grow into? What is it that, you know, challenges that you guys are seeing now or seeing in the past that you say, oh, well, we're cut out to do a little bit more than, than what I originally expect that we do, because it seems that mm. that is something that you guys are definitely prepared to, you know, some of the sure. ways that you're acquiring business and reaching out to people and doing business aren't scalable. But I think that's the same for everybody. You know, like I can't send millions of emails and do millions of phone calls and do millions of podcasts every year. I can't do that. So there's only so much scale everything can have. But, you know, I look at you guys and I see nothing but opportunity. You know, I see nothing but opportunity to stretch into other spaces and and be a different kind of entrepreneur and mentor and and assist other people through their challenges and make their business as lean as possible. So what is that, uh, you know, aside from that fulfillment aspect, that joy of helping other people, what is the the end goal for you guys? I mean, because I'm getting like, the the social network Mark Zuckerberg vibes when he's like writing you know he's doing face mash and and doing girl versus girl who's hotter uh-huh. on his on his Harvard window you know like that right. you, you guys seem that that small compared to what it can be you know what what yeah. you positioned yourself to grow into with all these spaces that you're very viable in sure so I'm gonna preface all of this with um kind of the way that I I look at it um. I want to be personal over personalized, especially when it comes into scalability. Like like you said, you can only scale so far. And I think that as you grow bigger, you inherently grow less personal because personal is, is indicative of relationship, of uh, fellowship between people, whereas personalized is kind of just having your name and data tokens on this wall of text, right? That's, that's how I rationalize it. So... Uh, on one hand, this is this is kind of referencing back to what I was saying with bringing other people in to create multiple agencies is I, I was having this conversation with myself about what is my brand identity, and I boiled it down to three things. It's integrity, authenticity, me. That's my brand identity, me. I am my brand identity, and I want each person that I incorporate into what I do to have that same mindset of – it's, it's not just about relationship, it's about being personal, which are kind of the same thing, but it's, it's about that, that intimacy, right? And I, I, I struggle to say that we want to scale to the point where we can't do that because that'd be great, that'd be awesome, but then we'd lose part of what makes what we have so special. And I believe that we live in a world in a world of abundance, right? I think that there's some really incredible things that I can do that I'm going to do, that I want to do, that I'll be capable to do. But you're never going to get there if you're just flying, flying around doing everything, trying sure. to be any, everything to everyone. Yeah. And, and also if, if your priorities are out of place. Sure. Scaling is an important thing to think about. But if you're, if you're scaling for a, a purpose that's not greater than yourself, you're going to have a hard time getting people to buy into that. Um, and that's why I think being purpose-driven is so vital to the success of a business. As far as like the issues that we've come into contact with, that we've been dealing with, um, you know, when I started this, it was really my first venture into entrepreneurship of any type. Like I, like I said, I, I'd been doing sales, so I knew how to sell stuff, but I didn't know business, right? And I didn't go to school for business. I went to school for science. Um, but, you know... <laughs> 
I, I have this kind of life mantra, which is always be a student. I think everyone has a lesson to teach. You just have to listen and look for it. So I try to learn something from every person that I meet. And as a result, and being intentional with that to see other perspectives, not only allows me to learn more, learn more efficiently, learn more effectively, but being able to internalize it is super, super important. I don't like, I don't care that you read the 10 best books in business. You don't remember any of it. I'd rather you read one book five times so that you can get all of the use case out of it than read 10, 10 books once. But even more importantly than that, it's about application. All right, right. If you read how to make a million dollars with e-commerce, but then you don't follow through with it, there was no point in you reading how to become a millionaire with e-commerce, was there? Right. So having that mindset in, if I'm going to learn something, I need to apply it. I need to take action on it. There's no point in learning for the sake of learning, which has been my obsession for most of my life. I love learning just to learn. That makes me an encyclopedia of useless information. For instance, did you know a male lion with a full bladder can pee for 35 seconds straight? <laughs> Absolutely pointless information, but I just like learning. And so I'll remember some offhanded things like that. And you know, part of that is what makes me me is just being kind of random and unpredictable. I've got the sign above my door that I got for Christmas that says I am the chaos coordinator, right? <laughs> I'm known for being relatively unpredictable and, and kind of crazy, especially in, in more social settings than, than professional or business settings. But having that mindset to, to always be growing, always be learning, to implement the things that I'm learning is so, so vital to actually making progress. Because I want to focus on the process before progress, because without the process, progress is limited and progress has no point unless you are doing it with a purpose. So you've got process, progress and purpose. And so the purpose is what drives all of it. The progress is how you track it, but the process is how you do it. And so the process is super important. And when, when you come from a place of how do we create a process to make a sustainable business? How do we monetize this or that? How do we, how do we get the objectives that we're looking for? I like to compartmentalize, break it down into um, easily understandable pieces, right? So I'll say, okay, we need to have a scheduling system. We need to have this, that, the other. Okay, now that we have that outlined, if I look at this one piece, how do I do this efficiently as possible? How do I make the scheduling system talk to my CRM? And so then when I build this infrastructure, this business infrastructure, and I'm able to build this foundation, now it comes down to execution of how do I relate this? How do I communicate this to other people? How do I provide value? How do I find the problem that I can solve? And, and a lot of that just comes from listening. And I feel like too many, too many times people want to, to tell without listening. And, and if you don't listen, you're not, like, you're not going to be able to diagnose the problem if you're not listening to what they say, right? The doctor sure. comes in and he says, where does it hurt? You tell him where it hurts. And he says, okay, well, now that gives us direction to how to fix it. But if, if he doesn't diagnose it, if he doesn't tell you what the issue is or how we can fix it, there's no way you're going to do that. So I first have to come in and say, what are the problems? Well, lead gen's a problem. I'm not talking to enough of the right people. Okay, how do I get in front of more of those people? What are all the options? Okay, we've got email, we've got text, we've got ads, we've got social, we've got this, that, the other. Where is my audience? What is going to speak to them? How do I get them to click? How do I get their attention? 
how do I get to have a conversation with them? And this kind of comes back to networking. Like when I'm networking, I don't think networking is, is a place where you should be doing business, right? Spe- like specifically with a networking event. I'm not trying to get any business out of a networking event. I'm trying to earn the right to have a second conversation. That's where we're going to really meet each other. That's where we're really going to understand and get to know one another. And from there, we can then do business. And so in the same way here, we have to figure out what is the obstacle? How do we overcome it? How do we utilize it for our benefit and our growth? Sure. So it, it comes down to creating a system around your problem because systems create success. Sure. Sure. Well, I'll tell you, I appreciate your time, man. I, I really do. I've learned a lot from you. Um, just you being in my network and for a short period of time, I'm very excited to see kind of where you end up moving forward. If you ever want to catch some barbecue, if you ever find yourself in Atlanta or I find myself. Uh, I'll be we, in Atlanta yeah. this, uh, I'll probably be in Atlanta this summer and then in December. Yeah. Come check us out. We'll be here. I'll hit you up. We'll be here. Yeah. We'll go to the Braves game, something like that. So hit yeah, us up, absolutely. man. I'm, I'm excited to know you. I'm, like I said, I'm excited to see uh, maybe Garrett will be the first billionaire on our podcast in a year or something like that. Who knows? So, we'll see. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, maybe you'll maybe we'll be all billionaires. Um, I probably won't spend much time podcasting anymore. <laughs> if I'm if I make a billion dollars this year, um, if I I'll make a billion dollars, I'm going to be too busy spending that helping <laughs> yeah. people. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Go in different places and creating opportunities for people. You know, being I love the connector up there in your virtual background. The connector. That's, yeah. that's literally what we strive to be. You know, is is the podcast, the virtual stuff, all of that is just is just value that we bring to businesses. And there's some things that we can do better, and there's some things that we've done really, really well. Um, but we've helped a lot of people. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. know that there's people that really that are really in our inner circle that approached helping small business last year the way that we did in Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, because you know that everything that we did wasn't, hey, how can I start this virtual event for a couple of weeks and then start making tickets and sponsor money? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but we kept everything truly competitive. We, we've made our money off of one thing this whole time, which is what we're good at and what we've been doing forever, which is credit card processing. Yep. All of this is just extra. All, all of this is just relationships and connections that we would never have made otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited I'm in, and better to have had them. So yeah, I appreciate absolutely. your time. Tell people where they can find you if they want to talk to you. Well, on LinkedIn, uh, you can search Garrett Halsell. I'll pop up on same thing on YouTube or Instagram. Um, you could also text Garrett to the number 844-267-6492. That'll give you my contact information. I'm not keeping your info. Uh, I don't even know when you send it or if you send it. So it's just <laughs> it's a program that automatically texts back. And then if you want to text me, then you can. Yep. Um, that'll also give you all my socials. I've and done stuff it a like few that. times. We've talked on the phone. I've used. I've texted Garrett to the number a few times. I yep. haven't gotten any. I'm not on any list. I've, got, I've go. got no SMS. For everyone wonder, I've gotten no SMS. So. There you go. Um, cool. Well, I appreciate you, man. I'm looking forward Absolutely, to talking again. man. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the connector is a, a title that was not self-coined. It was given to me. Mm-hmm. And like, if I could leave a nugget about connecting and being a connector, one thing that I think is super important, personally, I don't believe in altruism. I, I'm selfishly selfless. So I derive pleasure from helping people, <laughs> right? And so I want to help them in whatever way I can, right? I don't care if I'm the solution or not. I just matter that we get a solution to the problem. So when it, when it comes to connecting, one thing that I think is, is vital and has given me a lot of success is that obsession for learning. Um, because, you know, they say a jack of all trades is a master of none. But did you know a master of one is often better than a master of none, right? So 
what 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 that really means to me is peripheral information is super super important. It doesn't matter if I could tell you every fact and statistic about SMS marketing that exists if I don't know how to relate it or communicate it to you. Like if I don't understand how a restaurant works, I'm not going to be able to communicate how I can help a restaurant. Sure. In the same way with connecting people, when I'm meeting a credit card processor, I have to understand where are you working? Do you have a focus? And then from there, I can say, okay, who, who are good connections that work in the same space? Who's talking to the same audience? And then from that peripheral knowledge, I'm then able to say, oh, you might have good connections with a business broker or with someone who's doing benefits or someone who's setting up e-commerce shops or, or, or whatever, right? And so understanding that is super, super important. And then just being willing to say, hey, I know somebody in that area. Would you want to talk to them? Because sure. you might be able to connect with them. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Okay, cool. I'll make the connection. And then you just send an email. I even made an entire app to do just that for me. <laughs> so it saves me a bunch of time. Instead of spending three hours on introductions, I can spend like 10 minutes and be done. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's wow. dope. Cool. Well, I appreciate the one you made for me um, to your friend with the app. I'm looking forward to more of that uh, conversation. But hey, absolutely. we're going to figure out some ways to uh, to bring some value to you guys. Like I said, you, you guys are, are interesting and exciting to us. So we look forward to uh, connecting the connector. Absolutely. I love it. Cool. And uh, you, I, I hope that we'll be able to uh, give you the, we'll, we'll give you the honorary title of yeah. fellow connector. Yeah. Connector liaison. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Cool, man. Well, I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Cool.